I wasn't quite ready for it to be over. I was enjoying the worship. Thank you, Brother Tommy. We're going to continue our study today on the shadows of Christ found throughout the Old Testament, the portraits of Christ, types of Christ, if you want to call them that, but they're found throughout the Old Testament as God is giving us a message of his plan even before the foundation of the world that we read and find out that Jesus was already the lamb slain before he ever made anything. God had a purpose. God had a plan. And that plan is revealed time and time again through his dealings with mankind throughout the, the very beginning of time in the Garden of Eden and all the way through as recorded in the Old Testament. And then that which is talked about, that which is forecast, comes to fruition when we get to the New Testament with the birth and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, the miracles that he performed, his suffering and his death on the cross, and even his resurrection all comes to fruition as has been prophesied throughout the entire Old Testament and had been portrayed in word pictures and the pictures that are presented in the lives of the people of God all through the Old Testament. And we see that come to life on this side of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and his resurrection. And today we want to go to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth, a very short book in the Old Testament, found right after Judges. So if you start at the front and get to Judges, you'll find Ruth right after that and right before 1 Samuel. It is sandwiched in between those two books. If you'll turn there, I'm just sort of going to walk through it and you can notice some things that I will point out as they're printed on the, in your Bible on the printed page. And we're going to look at some truths that God will speak to our hearts and encourage us even this morning as we study the book of Ruth. The story of the book of Ruth being one of the most prolific shadows of Christ in the Old Testament is a beautiful picture of what Jesus has done for us through his coming, his death, and his resurrection. The storyline, as you read through the book of Ruth, and I have read it twice in the last 12 hours, and as you read through the book of Ruth, and, uh, and I didn't want you to think that's the only time I've read the book of Ruth, but I have read it through twice more in the last uh, 12 hours. But as you read it, it is absolutely captivating, to say the least, and is a wonderful reminder of Christ's love for us and the awesome price that he paid for us, and the love he has for the church as her Redeemer, as her Lord. The only one qualified to satisfy the Father's requirement and the, the biblical mandate for the one who would be the deliverer of the souls of mankind, all of that is found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ as he paid the penalty for our sins. The story opens up with Elimelech, an Israelite living near Bethlehem 
during the time of a great famine. He had heard that the country of Moab was faring very well and there was plenty of crop and grain there. So he and his wife, Naomi, traveled with their two sons, Malon or Malon and Shilion, and became residents there for an extended period of time. As a matter of fact, both of their sons were married to Moabites, and they became adults in Moab. Elimelech died and left Naomi uh, and her two sons with their wives Orpah, who married Shilion, and Ruth, who married Malon. After 10 more years in Moab, both of Naomi's sons also died as they had been married to Moabites, and they became, uh, I'm sorry, they also died after they had married two members of the, the nation of, of Moab, excuse me, and uh, they soon died as young adults. After, that was actually 10 years, if you read, after the death of Elimelech. And both the Naomi's sons had now died, and she figures it must be time to do something about that and go back to her native land. And so she decided to go back, and she heard that things were going pretty well there, that the famine was over with, and, and they would be able to do well there. So she actually excused her two daughters-in-law and told them that they did not have to go back with her, that they could go back to their own people, back to their father's house, and she would return to her kinsmen. Now, Orpah did that. She decided she'd go back to her father's house. She'd stay there in Moab and return as a Moabite. And they had both come out of worshiping pagan gods. They'd come out of a, of a family. Each of them had come out of a family that did not know Jehovah God. But through marrying into Elimelech's, family and getting to know Naomi and then marrying each of them one of their sons, they were introduced to the genuine God, Jehovah God, the Lord God Almighty. And when she gave them the opportunity, matter of fact, she almost insisted that they go back to their own people. And Orpah said, I'm going to do that. And she kissed her mother-in-law and she went her way. But there was Ruth. Ruth said, I, I can't do that. I'm going to go where you are. I'm going to go home with you. She refused to return to her roots and her way of life and made a commitment to go with Naomi to serve Jehovah. Thus we have the well-known and remembered response of Ruth to Naomi that's found in chapter 1 of Ruth, verses 16 and 17. You remember this? There's a wedding song that's sung often, or used to be sung often, as, as it's quoted this, and you'll remember, Entreat me not to leave you, or to turn back from following after you. 
For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. What a commitment. What an attachment. What a, what, what a statement that this daughter-in-law would say to Naomi. I, I entreat you not to keep me from following after you. I want to go wherever you go. I want to live wherever you live. Your people are now my people, and your God is my God. What a statement. Your God is my God. Jehovah is my God. I don't want to go back to whence I came. I want to seek the Lord God and follow you, and I will stay with you until your death, and I will still stay with your family until my death, and I will be buried there. Well, they went on, and they've traveled to Bethlehem, and they arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of barley season, or the barley harvest season. So Ruth said to Naomi, I will go to the field and glean after the harvesters. And she wound up and just happened to wind up. You wouldn't think it was the providential will of God, would you? She wound up in the field of a near kinsman of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. So she gleaned in the field of the near kinsman of her deceased father-in-law and, of course, of her deceased husband. When Boaz came to check on his reapers, he saw this beautiful young woman gleaning and asked, who in the world is that? And they told him who she was. They told him that she was a Moabite who came back with Naomi and had showed up to glean out in the field. And Ruth requested that he please allow her to continue to glean in the field after the reapers. And he granted her permission. And later, he even instructed the reapers that they would just scatter a little bit of the harvest, that as a gleaner, she would come along and she'd be able to glean more. So the ones who were, who were harvesting ahead of her, the reapers, they listened to him, and so they would just drop grain as they would go, and barley grain, and, and when she'd come along, she just filled her sack with all of it, and she had more than anyone else because he was being kind to her. She rejoiced over the mount that she had gleaned and so rejoiced that she went to tell Naomi about it. And she and Naomi just had a wonderful time. And, and, and she's talking about it. She says, and, and Naomi, I am, I am gleaning in the field of our near kinsman. And it caught the ear of Naomi. And she said, you're doing what? She said, I am gleaning in the field of the near kinsman of my father-in-law, Elimelech. His name is Boaz. And it caught 
uh, Naomi in such a way, she said, oh, let me give you some instructions. He's just not near a near kinsman. He is the kinsman redeemer for you. He is the one who can redeem you and make you a part of this family. He can make you a part of his family and make you an Israelite. You can happen, that can happen to you. He can redeem you. You see, it was, it was told that when there was a death in the family, that the near kinsman was to redeem the widow of that one that was still, especially of childbearing age, and to take that one to be his own wife. And Elimelech just, I mean, excuse me, not Elimelech, but Boaz just happened to be unmarried. He was a near kinsman. But he thought about it. He says, oh, I think there's someone that's a near kinsman than I am, and I need to check with him. And, and he went and asked him if he wanted to be the redeemer of of Elimelech's stuff and the boys' stuff and, and their land. And he says, yes, I will redeem that. And he says, well, there's also uh, a young woman. The widow of one of the boys is here. And whoever redeems the land also has to redeem her as his wife. And he says, oh, no, 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 I'm a married man. I, I can't do that. And he says, you can do it. He says, you don't mind if I do it? He says, no, you go right ahead. And so he redeemed all of that was, which was left behind, and he also redeemed Ruth to be his wife. I left out the part where Ruth was told by Naomi how to go about doing it. What she said was, before this happened, she said, if you'll go to the threshing floor tonight, he will be there because the threshing is taking place of getting all of the chaste and chaff out of the, out of the barley. And it got windy at night in that part of the world, and and so they'd do it in the late night, and they would just throw the barley up in the air, and the wind would take the chaff away, and the barley grain would fall to the floor, and they would be gaining that harvest. And so she went in after he had already finished that. He had had his evening meal, and he had gone to sleep. And, and what Naomi told her, says, you go in and you go to the feet of him. And you uncover his feet, and you lie at his feet. And in the morning, you tell him that he's the kinsman redeemer and tell him that he must redeem you. Well, she did that. But about midnight, she was startled to find out that she actually woke him up by lying at his feet. And he was startled and jumped up and said, Who is it? And she says, It's me. And he looked at that young maiden that he so much adored and, and, and just marveled at her beauty. And he says, what are you doing here? And she says, I'm the one that you are the kinsman redeemer for. And I've come to ask you 
Would you take care of that business? And the next morning, he said, I want you to get up early the next morning, and I want you to go back to Naomi's house. And I'm going to go to the other fellow, and I'm going to talk to him, as I mentioned a minute ago. And there before all of the elders, he made his claim and made his decision and his commitment to redeem all that belonged to Elimelech and to his sons and even Ruth. Later that night, as he came back in and had taken care of the matter, he took her to be his wife. She later conceived and had a son, and that son's name was Obed. And Obed later became the father of Jesse. And do you remember who Jesse became the father of? David. And so she is the great-grandmother of King David. And matter of fact, she is one of three women that are mentioned by Matthew in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. She is given that place of honor as the one who is the grand, great-grandmother of King David, and she's mentioned in the line of the Lord Jesus Christ. There was Tamar, there was Rahab, who was a harlot who hid the spies of Israel at Jericho. And the walls came tumbling down, you remember? And she hid them away so that they could escape safely. And they promised her that they would spare she and her family. And she became a part of the nation Israel, too. And then, of course, there was Ruth. The shadow cast of the future work of Jesus and the type of redemptive work for us on the cross is obvious here. As our Redeemer, Jesus the Lord secured the future for his bride, the church, through his death and his resurrection. As a part of his future bride, we are encouraged in the field of service. As the harvest is passed and we seemingly are in the gleaning period, I want you to just think about it. How long has it been since you've heard a report of, or you've you seen, witnessed in any way, a mass movement of the Holy Spirit drawing people under conviction and seeing the multitudes get saved. It's been a long time. Matter of fact, the last time I remember in my lifetime, and there may have been some others in other parts of the world, was during the ministry of, of Dr. Billy Graham, when he would stand before thousands, tens of thousands, and preach the gospel and issue an invitation to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, the buses will wait. You remember, you just come on down and, and folks would go by the hundreds at all of his crusade and even thousands 
night after night, different ones coming and giving their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we were in a time of great harvest. I can remember when there were times of revival and we would see dozens and dozens come to faith in Christ. I grew up in a little country Baptist church and we had two revivals a year. And I can remember those revivals when we would just be a small congregation of 75 or 80 people, but we'd have times of revival and there'd be dozens to come to faith in Christ through the preaching of the gospel. We've seen that in the time. But when is the last time you've heard of a movement of God in such a way that you'd see the masses come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? We're living in a period of gleaning. God gives us encouragement. We have one or two here and one or two there. And we hear of one or two over to another church and three or four there. It's not what we've seen in the past. We're in a time of gleaning. It's a time of laboring after everyone who comes to faith in Christ. And God gives us those that we might be encouraged for the work that he's called us to do, that we might remain faithful and he gives us fruit for our later labors. We're gleaners. We're sent out to do the work of reaching those who will believe in the age of skepticism in which we live and the day of unbelief. But I'm so thankful that he gives us fruit for our labors lest we become discouraged even in this lifetime. I truly believe that we can lift up our heads today and say, our redemption draweth nigh. Our kinsman redeemer is coming to claim his church, the bride, and take her to be with him and rescue her from this world and the impending danger that's going to be unleashed on this unregenerate, unbelieving culture in which we live. And he's going to take the church out and he says it's going to be in the twinkling of an eye. Just, and just that quick, he says, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we which are alive will be changed to meet the Lord in the air, and the church will be delivered from that awful time that will follow, and we'll be with the bridegroom, our kinsman redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will enjoy that time of peace and comfort and joy and happiness and tranquility and blessedness in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We live in that time. The old songwriter says, signs of the time of everywhere, there's a brand new feeling in the air. Lift up your head. Your redemption draweth nigh. Church, I want you to be encouraged this morning. I want you to be encouraged through being reminded that the book of Ruth is placed in the Scripture as a comfort to us, as an encouragement to us, that God will bless his own, and he will encourage his own, but we have a Redeemer who saves us from our situation, who saves us from our sins, who gives us life, who promises a, 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 a gathering out of this place, who promises a future with him 
and so will we ever be with the Lord forever and forever. Jesus, our kinsman, redeemer. You see, the question is, what have you decided? What have you decided? Ruth decided to go with Naomi. Ruth decided she was going to leave the pagan gods of her family and her past. She decided she was going to leave her homeland and and all of that, that involved in living with her family once again. She says, I am going with you. I'm going to be with your people. And listen to what she says, and your God will be my God. Oh, what a commitment. Oh, what a decision. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And she left everything that she was in the past. She left it behind her. And she went forward to a new life with a kinsman redeemer who redeemed her as she presented herself on the threshing floor. And he gave her a life to live. He redeemed her from her former life and made her a part of the nation Israel. He made her a part of his family and gave her security and comfort and joy. As you know, that's what God wants to do for you this morning. He wants to give you comfort and joy. He wants to give you peace. He wants to redeem you from your sins. He made a promise that whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He's made a promise that whosoever will may come and receive the living water to never thirst again, to receive forgiveness of sin and a life that is everlasting Unending is what that means, everlasting life, and to receive a home prepared for God's people forever and forever. And he invites you to come, already having paid the price, already having gone before the elders, already having been crucified on the cross and has risen from the dead, and this morning, he invites you to come to Jesus. You see, you can be a part of the family of God. You can make that commitment today. You can say, I, I'm not going to live where I've been living. I'm not going to act like I've been acting. I'm not going to have the opinions that I've had in the past. I'm not going to be the wayward person that I've been. I'm not going to... I'm not going to follow in the sins of my past any longer. I turn from those things. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to trust him and let him do for me what he promised to do for all who would believe. Would you do that today? Let's pray together. Father, we come to this place of worship today. Look at it, this little book of Ruth beautiful love story that you bring to light and, and you give life to it as we study it, that there is a message 
for us today, there is a type of Christ that is found in Boaz, the one who redeems Ruth, the one who takes her to be his own, when she had no rights, she had no future, but he gave her a future, and Lord, she even became the great-grandmother of David, who Jesus was born into that family. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for these truths and ask you to remind us of how blessed we are and what a wonderful privilege we have in an unbelieving world to stand strong on the truth of your word and share it unashamedly. And Lord, if we'll be found faithful, you'll give us fruit for our labors. You'll bless us. You'll encourage us by there being some who would turn to Jesus and follow our example and become a child of God. Have your way in this time today. In Jesus' name we pray.